I'd like to welcome everyone to the Florence Weinberg Show. Frank McKay here with the order, uh, author of 15 books, the subject of a documentary, the subject of a lengthy radio series, and now the host of her own show. Her latest is Before the Alamo. Name of the book, it's a, it's a novel, it's a historical novel, and it is, uh, it is wonderful, and, and everyone has to pick up that book. And let me, without further ado, introduce our host each and every week, Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg. Doc, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks. And how are you, Frank? I'm doing well, and um, uh, you were, we were talking a little bit on Monday, and, uh, and we were talking about the immigration situation. That is, uh, that is hot and heavy, and we were wondering whether it would still be relevant on uh, uh, today, you know, a couple of days later when we spoke on radio, and sure enough, it is relevant, and, and I, to me, it's, it's going to be relevant for a very long time. Yes, I I agree with that. Unfortunately, yes, because it is a very very severe problem, and the solution is not in sight. So I'll just sort of talk about it in general and give some background, and then uh, the uh, the pol- politics of the moment, uh, which are red hot, of course. Uh, and uh, so let's go. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, immigration has been a problem for years uh, in our country, especially from the southern border. We hardly care about Canada. Uh, we welcome Canadians coming in. But but the people from Latin America, and that, of course, uh, means Mexico also, uh, are not so welcome. Uh, and this is due to... Uh, the amount of uh, crime that is crossing the border from the south, uh, mainly drug problem, uh, importation, illegal importation of drugs, uh, but also uh, simply the volume of people coming across. Um, the old strategy of immigration, illegal immigration, was to sneak across individually or in small groups uh, using uh, people whom you paid uh, exorbitant amounts to smuggle you and then usually abandon you in the desert, um, who were called coyotes, coyotes. Um, And uh, uh, that, of course, was bad enough uh, because the people who came across were, um, well, of course, there were many unfortunate people who were trying to escape misfortune. Uh, but there were also uh, these drug dealers who were uh, bringing drugs across any way they could in great quantities uh, because there is a huge demand in this country for illegal drugs, unfortunately. Anyway, lately, however, beginning in the fall of 2018, uh, caravans of people began to come. And uh, these people were generally from Central America, uh, from Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras, uh, and now lately from Haiti also. And this latter group is the one that has brought this to a boiling point uh, because uh, 16,000 Haitians uh, came to 
the crossing point which they had learned was the easiest one to get through, which was Del Rio, Texas. And uh, it wasn't that uh, easy to get through, and so they camped under the International Bridge there, all 16,000 of them, and that was a problem, a problem for the uh, for the migrants and a problem for Del Rio <laughs> uh, and for the United States in general. Uh, now, the reason for these people coming uh, was multiple. Uh, this is a general problem in Latin America and Haiti. Uh, they were fleeing vicious gangs, and murders, an increase in murders and kidnapping and robbery. Uh, the police were either corrupt or, in the case of Haiti, uh, absent. Um, and very weak uh, uh, rule of law in Central America and probably no law in Haiti at the moment. Um, and, of course, politicians, corrupt politicians, and generally speaking, the people in those countries were living in abject poverty. And uh, where were they looking to take refuge? Well, of course, in the United States, uh, which they learn about on television, and, uh, and of course, glowing terms, which are not altogether true, uh, that it was a land of law and order, um, no, uh, no corruption, freedom, stable politics. They could make money uh, beyond their dreams of avarice um, and, uh, and send, send money back home and probably bring their family uh, and so on and so forth. So it was both a push and a pull. And uh, the, the idea for coming in caravan, uh, I don't know who thought of it, but the caravans had advantage, a big advantage for them, because it was much cheaper than paying a coyote to bring you across. And as a member of a large group, you were in, you had less risk of murder, rape, or robbery, or, or kidnapping. Um, and furthermore, nonprofit organizations take notice if it's a very large group, and they uh, bring food and water, and maybe they even offer shelter from time to time. Um, now, the rate of formation of these groups of thousands of people, uh, by the way, 16,000 people, that is a small town. Yeah. So if you can imagine housing a small town, there are probably towns around New York City that uh, have 16,000 people in them. There's one nearby uh, here in San Antonio called Seguin uh, that has uh, 28,000. That's not too many more people. Uh, yeah. And they, of course, have uh, have everything. They have uh, their courthouse and their law and uh, law enforcement and their freedom. Uh, anyway, uh, but housing an entire town in one fell swoop uh, is something that is almost unthinkable. So um, they, the United States then uh, puts pressure on Mexico uh, periodically puts pressure pressure on Mexico it's not doesn't seem to be constant uh, to for Mexico 
to stop these uh, caravans when they reach the Guatemalan border. So that's the southern border, border of Mexico. So when the pressure from the United States is high, uh, the Mexicans will disperse the caravans coming in. And when the pressure from the United States slackens off, uh, then the caravans form again. And this is a continuing process, an ebb and flow of these thousands and thousands of people coming for uh, for a dream, the dream of great wealth and freedom in the United States. Mm. Okay, so the United States reaction. Um, now, this I'm going to speak particularly of the Haitians. The, the reaction against the Hispanics is bad enough, but the reaction against the Haitians has been much worse uh, and it has shown that there is endemic prejudice that is even more violent against blacks than it is against Hispanics. Their skin is darker. The Haitian skin is darker than the Mexican skin. Yes, the Haitians, of course, are black, and the, and the Mexicans are brown. Yes. <laughs> so right. depending on the color of your skin, you're discriminated against. Uh, and we just saw, I think a little over a week ago by now, uh, the Haitians being uh, herded by Border Patrol officers on horseback, lashing them with the reins, in other words, leather straps, uh, which is a treatment uh, that is dealt out to animals, uh, not human beings, yeah. uh, and which is a, a visual demonstration of the worst kind of prejudice and brutality, of course. Uh, okay, so Latin Americans have been deported, but they have also been admitted uh, and they have been uh, sorted out and screened. Uh, for possible asylum, asylum eligibility. Uh, but this did not happen with the Haitians. The Haitians were grabbed, put on buses, brought to San Antonio, my hometown, uh, and then flown back to Haiti. Whether they had been in Haiti for the last 20 years or not, uh, back to a country that has no laws, has no government, has vicious gangs in the street, and the the American personnel in Haiti are advised to keep sheltered and not show themselves on the streets because they are in such uh, mortal danger from these vicious gangs, armed gangs. So that's the situation in Haiti where hundreds of thousands, literally, of Haitians have already been deported. Now, wow. wow. Yeah, wow. And what are they going to do? That Haiti just had another horrible earthquake. So uh, people who live there don't have any shelter. They're in the streets. They're homeless, looking for food and, and clothing and fresh water, which, of course, is at a premium also. Uh, because an, an earthquake has uh, disrupted the uh, the town supplies, the city supplies of water, and even the springs that were f- uh, flowing are uh, cut off often by an earthquake. Uh, 
so Haiti is in total chaos. And here we are planting these poor people who have nothing, uh, who are starving and have only the clothes on their back, right back in that kind of a situation, which couldn't be more cruel. So uh, naturally, the Biden administration, which is using Title 42, which was a Trump law, a pretext, using the pretext uh, of COVID-19 to deport people, and that also included Hispanics, the moment they crossed the border. Um, So Title 42 is continuing in effect, which I think is a scandal in Mm -hmm. itself. Because in the beginning, it was simply a means of getting rid of people without giving them uh, screening for asylum eligibility. So the ACLU is suing. Leadership Council on Civil and Human Rights is suing. NAACP, Legal Defense Fund, is suing. (laughs) And the Democrats are on the defensive administration, but Democrats like Julian Castro, for instance, are very much uh, up in arms, and so was Charles Blow. Uh, in, uh, so Charles Blow uh, is saying uh, that black people have become a political pawn and the weight around the the uh, ankle of, and a weapon uh, in the hand to be used. Um, actually, it's the one of the motives of of using Title Forty Two and using these black people as a weapon uh, is to avoid the Republican accusation that the Biden administration has an open border policy, which of course is a lie and has always been a lie. Uh, But to take measures so severe and so inhumane uh, is to show the Republicans that this isn't true. But the Republicans are going to criticize the Democrats no matter what they do. And even if they were processing all these people for uh, for asylum eligibility it would still be uh, they would still be railing and and uh, and screaming against it so um, in the beginning Biden said when he became president no I it was just last week he said and I quote black America you had my back I'll have yours but uh, the actions of the government are just the opposite. And Al Sharpton, uh, the Reverend Al Sharpton, said, well, we're being stabbed in the back, Mr. President. We need you to stop the stabbing from Haiti, from Haiti to Harlem, wow. unquote. Wow. So that's the situation with the Democrats. Now, the Republicans... Oh, the Republicans, in the in the person of Governor uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, who was on Fox News a week ago or so uh, on the Laura Ingram show, he called the Haitians an invasion coming to take over the country. Oh my gosh! As part of a silent revolution, uh, furthered 
and implemented by the Democrats. And it's a, it's a white supremacist theory, uh, which is known as the Great Replacement. And the Democrats are being accused of furthering the mass immigration of brown and black people because they are Democratic voters and they will overwhelm our culture and take over our nation. And so they are, in fact, doing their best to counter this. They're using the great lie in order to counter it uh, by uh, passing uh, anti-voting laws to discriminate against colored people. And so Texas, for instance, has the most uh, stringent uh, voting uh, law in effect now uh, that uh, will rule out most black and brown Democratic voters, they hope. And they are busy gerrymandering, and they already have done so in Texas, in order to increase uh, Republican representation from the rural areas in uh, Texas, while minimizing uh, the representation from uh, Democratic areas, which are the big cities. So therefore, they're going to take over the government in the next election because they have more, uh, many more uh, representatives running for office now. Uh, so the minority, uh, the minority population of Texas, and this is also true of other uh, Republican-run states, uh, will be taking uh, taking over the government again, and will be keeping it thanks to uh, gerrymandering. And also, this means they'll be uh, able to keep uh, to have more representatives going to the electoral college. So the next president is apt to be uh, Donald Trump. This is their plan, and this is the way to keep down this black, this black and brown horde that is coming to replace us white people, who are of course superior to everybody else, according to the white supremacist theory. Yeah. I, I, so, so much, you know, if I, if I could just jump in for one second, the yes, please do. Yeah, the the lashing. Of the Haitians, uh, the yes. first thing I thought of is slavery. You know, like that's yes. you know that's how the masters and the and, and the, uh, the the slave uh, runners kept the the Africans that were that were being kidnapped uh, in line as they they whipped them. You know, they they hit them with right. the whips. And that, uh, no question. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. So, right. I mean, you said like animals. Yeah. And and, uh, you know, that's very, very much true. You know, horses and and mules and cattle and whatever they whip. Them. But, uh, it, you know, the, the first thing I think of is 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 slavery. Uh, the other thing <laughs> is, you know, the, the idea that that somehow this is a a planned takeover. Uh, all they have to do is is uh, visit Haiti to realize how devastated the country is and the people are. And I don't think anybody would think that these people are are in on a conspiracy. Uh, these people are trying to survive. These people are trying to, to live and to, uh, and, and to hopefully get to better, uh, better areas. 
uh, to to raise their children and to live the rest of their lives. It's heartbreaking. Right. The whole situation is just is just heartbreaking. And you know, you alluded to uh, you know streets paved with gold, and and you know we've had that promise uh, over the years. But I, it, this is not an easy solution. Uh, on any uh, on any side and it's going to be complicated and it's complicated when you when you introduce and and by the way you don't have to introduce hatred it's it's all, always there but when you add hatred to the formula of what's already a toxic situation it's uh, it, it, you get things like that you get you, you get the bigotry and you get the idea of uh, of uh, suppressing the the black vote the uh, african american mm-hmm. vote and um, yeah, so much there for you uh, that you pointed out. The other thing you you also mentioned that that we welcome the Canadians uh, from the north to come in, and and we want those folks coming in. Uh, they look like us, they sound like us. The the Mexicans and the Central Americans um, uh, don't look like us, and they don't sound like us. I mean, they they are they're more like us than uh, let's say the the Haitians. Right. Uh, or right. or the um, uh, uh, let's let's say Muslims that are coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, when people it, when they scratch beyond the surface, go beneath beneath the surface, uh, they'll see that the the Mexicans and the Central Americans are much more like us. But it takes a little vision. It takes a, a generation to get them to be a little more like us. There's so much there. And, and Charles Blow, you understand his frustration and, and his anger. And uh, and and the real disturbing uh, thing is is Title Forty Two is something when when you say Title Forty Two I always think Trump uh, yeah. I immediately think Trump exactly that's who that's who figured that out <laughs> who invented that horror yeah um, yes the, uh, the Hispanics after one generation and maybe even the first generation. Uh, integrates themselves, uh, they integrate themselves uh, very readily into uh, our society. We have uh, wonderful uh, Hispanics, and uh, just about every other name in Texas is a Hispanic name. Uh, So Texas is already, and uh, I was born in New Mexico, (laughs) and New Mexico is uh, also uh, I, I think at least probably 60 percent uh, Hispanic uh, Hispanic people or descendants of Hispanic people uh, who uh, know nothing of, uh, of Mexico or Latin America and who speak only English um, and, and uh, who are totally they're bank clerks and uh, uh, real estate agents. I mean, they are uh, they are. Uh, part of the warp and weft of the society. But black people, unfortunately, because of the color of their skin, they do not, um, are not able, as far as their abilities are concerned, they're perfectly able. Uh, But because of their their color, they have a whole hard time, uh, a whole lot harder time, uh, integrating into our society and becoming invisible uh, so to speak. Uh, and so we have uh, people like the brilliant Mr. Uh, Charles Blow um, writing for the New York Times um, who uh, uh, who knows very well that when he walks down the street, uh, 
women coming to meet him on the street may cross the street and uh, look upon him with great suspicion. And here he is uh, a, a, a contributing and brilliant member of our society. And that's the way it is with black people. And I think that, too, is heartbreaking. Yeah, no so it's a, it's a continuing problem. Um, it, this problem of hordes and hordes of people coming, begging for asylum in this country, it, it's simply an untenable situation. And it means that somehow the countries that, that have expelled these people by, by their incompetence, corruption, and crime somehow have to be settled down and made habitable habitable again. But that is an enormous problem that won't solve itself for centuries, perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's really an insoluble problem right now, which Biden, unfortunately, uh, it landed in his lap to try to solve it, and he hasn't been able to. So with the hordes of people, 100,000 uh, to date, or more probably by now, uh, are simply being sent back to hell, right. a literal hell in Haiti. Yeah, it, it's just I, I, it's mind blowing what's uh, what's happening here, and and uh, again the visuals and the optics of it are horrendous, and uh, and again there's not an easy solution if I. Um, you know, for me to just say, uh, oh, this is what I would do or this is what I would do. You know, it's uh, uh, my my heart goes out to the Haitians. My heart goes out to the Central Americans and the Mexicans that are trying to get here this, the same way our uh, ancestors got here. Our That's right. Forefathers. Yeah, the Pilgrim Fathers, they, they fled persecution coming across the ocean for the same reasons. Uh, and, of course, then they decimated the Indians and Native right. peoples and seized their land. And so here we are. And the Native peoples are are uh, living in squalor on reservations. I mean, we really haven't solved this problem of mass migration. It has been a problem for centuries. Yeah, I, I, I just... Uh, you know, I don't know what to uh, to to say. I mean, um, Biden. Well, it, it it'd be interesting to to hear from you what the Castros. You said they were up in arms uh, about it, uh, or at least Raúl uh, Castro. Um, I I often look at uh, the Castro brothers as being um, uh, sources of reason and uh, and and people of uh, of, of of reasonable. Um, senses and and uh, voices of reason, I guess, is the uh, the cliche that it would be. But uh, what was it that the Castros said about this situation? Are they critical of President Biden? Yes, they are. Uh, they're critical of his resorting to using Title Forty Two, in particular, and the mass deportations, uh, and uh, are recommending that. Uh, we take take a deep breath and process these people uh, so that the ones who merit asylum uh, be uh, given asylum and uh, the others, uh, the ones who don't merit it, who are criminals and so forth, uh, be sent back, but perhaps uh, 
but they are really concentrating on uh, due process. Uh, but the problem with that, and they acknowledge that too, is the number of people asking for asylum. There are hundreds of thousands of them, and we simply don't have the, uh, the personnel, the courts, the organization to take or the shelter, for that matter, to take care of such a horde of people. I mean, this is these are large towns coming. <laughs> they are. Right? Tremendous. Yeah. yeah. 16,000 people, you know, they they can't escape. But you have brought, you, you mentioned the, the word, the term, invisible. And, uh, again, you know, uh, Haitians are less likely to become invisible because uh, right. because of their color of their skin and their accents their that, that's if they speak english at all their um I, I, what is the native language of haiti french french right okay so right you're talking about um you know hordes of french speaking black people who are poor and you know probably look very poor and uh and also I, there's tremendous, there's a tremendous amount of, of disease in Haiti and and very poor medical conditions, and if I uh, if if I remember this correctly and if I if I, misremembering, please forgive me everyone, but I, I think a high level of HIV and AIDS, in that mm-hmm. in, in the the country of of Haiti is is that correct? Yes, it's a high level of all diseases simply because the previous earthquake destroyed the hospitals, killed the doctors, many of them, and then we have a recent earthquake that was just as vicious. Uh, So the uh, attempts at reconstruction, which have been slow, uh, were destroyed, uh, and so there they are again uh, without adequate medical care, uh, without policing, and of course without a government because their president was assassinated. Uh, so uh, it is it's hell right now in Haiti uh, that these uh, these migrants are being sent back to in great numbers. Where are they going to go? Where are they going to shelter? Where are they going to find food? It's just unbelievable. They'll be dying by dozens, I'm sure. Uh, just, uh, just absolutely amazing. Do, have you heard anyone that has come up with a solution that no. sounds feasible? <laughs> no, I have not. That was a quick uh, no. I mean, that would, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I searched for it. <laughs> Doing this, uh, this little program, I searched for anybody having a decent suggestion, and nobody, nobody has had any decent suggestions, and that includes the the uh, Castro brothers. Uh, they want uh, these people to have due process, but they're uh, with such a horde of people, it's not possible. Uh, where are you going to put all these people while they're waiting to go through the court systems? I mean, uh, our, our immigration laws are out of date and need to be revised, and that takes time. And yet these people are needing food and shelter now. <laughs> so, I mean, I have seen nothing to help, really help solve this problem. It's just an amazing situation. And it just goes to tell you that, or goes to show you that that there are gray areas. And I don't mean this in a racial 
sense, but uh, but everything's not black and white. There are there are gray areas in our world that uh, that aren't. There's not a quick solution to it. And again, the the uh, the quick solution, folks, usually are uh, are on the um, the bigoted side, you know, and, and right. it's fueled by b- bigotry. And their solution is just get them the hell out of here, right? Just get these. Yes, exactly. And that was Title Forty Two. Right. Yeah. So that's you know that's the solution, and uh, you know I guess um, President Biden looked at this and he saw no. Uh, no clear-cut solution, and yeah, that's uh, exactly right. Yeah, and and he, mm-hmm. and he leaned on Title Forty Two, which is basically punting, which is a um, which is a uh, a football term, and that means yeah. when you uh, yeah. when you you have the opportunity to 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 have another play or to try for another play, and you elect to give the other team uh, the ball or give somebody else the ball you uh you punt the ball and you you get it out of your hands as soon as possible and you you know i guess you have time to regroup i would hope that that's what president biden meant by this rather than yes. just shutting the door he's punting he's punting the ball yeah I, I, he was up against it i mean there's no doubt about it what what was he going to do with these hordes of people hundreds of thousands um with totally inadequate uh, means of feeding, housing, and uh, legally uh, receiving them, uh, he simply turned to the uh, ready-made solution, a, a draconian and hideous solution, which was simply get rid of them by deporting them. And so he did just that. Uh, and it, it, it's probably an interim solution, and yet nobody has suggested any real solution to the problem. And it continues because these these caravans are forming as we speak uh, in uh, Central America and maybe in Haiti too. Haiti too. Um, uh, I'm sure that the people who've just been uh, deplaned are getting together uh, to try it again. I, I don't doubt it for a minute. Well, I mean, there have been Prominent people, uh, well, I, I shouldn't say prominent, but the the spokespeople of of, of many of these Haiti, um, these Haitians, I should say, um, and these refugees, they said, "Look, when we get sent back, we're going to come right back." Yeah, and, you know, right. I, I've heard that from from a good number of them, and they, and they're at a loss because what else are they going to do? The 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 disappointment of not being let in to the United States is, uh, is seemingly a better solution than to just go back and live in Haiti. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Well, um, if they form another caravan, let's say, uh, then the nonprofit organizations that feed uh, needy people will feed them again uh, and, uh, and truck in water for them and possibly find them temporary shelters along the way. Uh, and so life uh, as they travel uh, from, let's say, uh, Honduras uh, through Central America and then through Mexico to the border uh, will be endurable. Uh, 
and at least they'll get some food on the way and some shelter. Um, and that's better than starving to death in Haiti. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, it's, it, it, it's an amazing um, circumstance. The Central American uh, situation is is just as um, well I, I don't know I, I mean it's it's more of a flow that's coming and and those yeah. uh, folks uh, those folks get in um, the Haiti and the Haitian refugee problem has just been um, you know thrown in our laps you know and when I say we I mean you know the American people and the American government has just been thrown there um, the the Central American issue, and the um, the Mexican Mexican issue is is something that's a little more familiar, or that we're a little more familiar with. Uh, right. Do you mm-hmm. do you see an end game? And I don't mean a solution, but do you? What do you imagine we will be talking about the next time there's a major change in our immigration situation? <laughs> well, we may be talking about. Uh, uh, Temporary villages of these people. Um, we may be talking about new legislation to take care of these people, um, but we will not be talking about easy solutions. That's for sure. Uh, and I'm wondering what we are going to do about the Latin American countries that have fallen apart. The government is corrupt. The police are drug dealers uh, in league with with the drug dealers, with the gangs, uh, and human trafficking is uh, is there. Robbery, extortion, and on and on and on. Uh, how we can deal with that? Because until those countries settle down and start governing themselves in a proper way. Uh, so that these people, so that their citizens can have decent lives. Until that happens, these uh, great hordes of people will continue to come to the United States. And uh, and there's no solution to that. I mean, if we tried nation building uh, down there, we're going to fail the same way we failed in Afghanistan, no doubt. Uh, and you know, I mean, it, it beats me. <laughs> I really have no cogent suggestion. Well, I, I think from a political standpoint, uh, President Biden uh, is already looking at a tough midterm election. And yeah. I think the last thing, and I don't want to sound harsh politically, you know, uh, matter of fact about it, but the, the reality is if they have these ghettos forming you know, for lack of a better term, ghettos forming along the border. Um, right. It's going to make a visual that is going to look terrible for the uh, for the juxtaposition that that you know the Newsmax of the world and the Fox News of the world are going to say. And maybe um, Biden has his eye on President Biden. I should say has his eye on on the midterm elections. And uh, with with every apprehension in the world um, to uh, administer uh, Title 42 to, um, uh, uh, you know, to utilize that 
uh, may be for him a better political solution than to allow these villages and these slums and these ghettos and these um, shanty towns to develop along our border, which uh, which could make us look like a third world country, and um, and and I, I imagine that is playing into uh, Biden's. Um, Util, utilization of Title 42. I can't imagine... That's part of it, yeah. yeah. That, that That's not uh, part But of I it. think the solution is uh, we, are, we already have done, and in fact Trump did it, uh, set up these tent cities. Um, there, there is a tent city uh, at Fort, um, Fort Bliss in El Paso, Texas right now for the uh, Afghan refugees. And apparently uh, it's set up uh, like a little a minor, uh, or I should say a small uh, town with streets and uh, city square and uh, markets and so forth. Uh, and I think that's what uh, would have to be done. It would have to be duplicated for, uh, for these uh, asylum seekers. Uh, and it would have to be policed properly and supplied properly with food, water, and all the rest. Uh, so uh, I think that would be a solution. And uh, uh, news, uh, the, the news people who come to photograph it, have to take videos of what's going on in them, then would be showing a, a decent situation, clean, clean uh, facilities with uh, uh, living quarters, even if they were made of canvas. Um, and uh, of course, it would be expensive, and maybe this uh, this new bill that uh, uh, that the Democrats are trying to pass would supply enough money uh, to create such things as little villages like that of these people. That's the only thing I can think of that might help, uh, and might help uh, the the next election as well if some of those were set up already. Yep. We shall see, of course. Well, that's the most reasonable thing I've heard suggested so far, and uh, you know, you might be right. That's uh, that to me sounds sounds like a pretty good, uh, you know, temporary solution at least. And, yeah, yeah, and, it's definitely we, tempor- we, temporary. Till we could figure something else out, but uh, that to me sounds pretty good. Um, I, I, you know, I'm going to make a one of these days. I'm going to make a, a visit over there, and I'm going to film it and and just see what what is going on along the border for myself yeah. because I, you know, you really have to see these things for yourself. I, I don't trust, you know, what I see from the right and, and look, you know, the, uh, the, the left, uh, you know, I tend to, I, I tend to trust, uh, you know, a little more, but again, it's, uh, it, there's nothing like seeing it yourself, you know, being an eyewitness. That's right. Yes. To what- yeah. I, I would think that, uh, that tent city, uh, at Fort Bliss would be something to to visit and to take to film uh, for uh, posterity um, and uh, to show as a model if it if it's a good plan uh, which the Democrats of course are saying it is uh, <laughs> if it's a good plan then uh, we should uh, uh, duplicate it elsewhere for the, uh, the other refugees. Yeah. We'd have to. We'd also have to see the cost of it. Um, it does sound good, but I mean, it's this is where other, you know, other folks want. Uh, you know, are going to have to step up, and and I mean, um, 
maybe even other countries uh, mm-hmm. that, uh, would you know people and and the nonprofits around the world would uh, would chime in on on something like this the entertainers to maybe raise funds for this type of thing like they did in you know when Ethiopia was in a uh, was in a famine and I'm not comparing the two situations but when there was a the terrible famine in Ethiopia uh, musicians got together and they did Live Aid and they did uh, mm-hmm. We Are the World and so forth and and uh, you know I don't know <laughs> um, uh, you know I think they ran into a lot of corruption with the distribution of that money and and Ethiopia I'm sure yeah had yeah. a lot but uh, again you know it's uh, the the meaning was uh, was well intended and the um, the entertainers hearts were in the right place there but. Uh, you know, it's it, it, it's not an easy solution, but maybe, Doc, uh, you touched on it. I, I'm going to take a look into the Fort Bliss situation as well. Uh, any last words on this? And, 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 and if that was your last word, that's a, that's a pretty good one. Let me just say that's not a bad place to, uh, for us to end. But anything else you'd like to add before we leave? Well, uh, I would just plead with the public to uh, give President Biden a little slack because uh, the problem struck ra- quickly. Uh, this Haitian thing uh, hit him hard, uh, and uh, he was up against it to deal with it. And he took the only measure he could think of, but I think it's a temporary one. Uh, so I'm sure other other things are definitely under discussion right now. So we should give him a little slack to see what's going to happen he's been handed a mess and and uh l- let him l- yeah. let him have time to find a mop and and bucket and broom uh before we start jumping all over him let's let's give him let's give him some opportunity i mean this is uh it's a very difficult job and he was left with a uh a, you know a pandemic and and a economical uh, uh nightmare uh, you know, economic nightmare, I should say. Uh, and uh, we have a, a job. Uh, well, actually, actually, right now there's a hiring crisis. You know, there's a lot of jobs out there, out there but people aren't. Uh, there's a lot of places that can't get good people. There's a lot going on in the country. Let's, yeah, right. Let's give them a little bit of time to figure it out. Uh, not, no, no easy solutions here. That's for sure. Well, it's the worst job in the world. I don't know why people want it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they fight so hard to get it. It's It just amazes me uh, all the yes. time. But Dr. Florence right. Byham, Weinberg, thank you very, very much. Oh, thank you, too, Frank. And to everyone out there, we appreciate you listening each and every week. Buy Before the Alamo. Uh, it's a must, a must get for everyone. And it's uh, it's the 15th book by Dr. Florence Byham Weinberg, and you've been listening to the Florence Weinberg Show. Frank McKay signing off, and we will see you next time on the Florence Weinberg Show.